With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's get into the quarterback rankings. Let's get into it. Um, we have Josh Allen at number one. No surprise. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the matchup is. Jalen Hurts at number two. Also doesn't matter what the matchup is tonight. It, he's going to do his thing. Patrick yeah. Mahomes at three in a good matchup at home against Tennessee. Then we have Lamar Jackson at four. He'll be without Rashad Bateman. He might be without Mark Andrews. If Mark Andrews is out, he'll have Isaiah Likely, so that's fine. Yeah. Uh, but that's a one for one you know, replacement in my book. Yeah, you know, pretty much. Obviously, you know, Mark I'm, Andrews I'm, is very good. You can't say Isaiah Likely is Mark Andrews, but Lamar is clearly just as happy throwing Isaiah Likely as he is Mark Andrews. So I think that's like, even though Mark Andrews would be out, it's not a, as big a loss as maybe Rashad Bateman, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's I, I agree. And like Lamar might not just have the upside without these two guys, but the very, very high floor is always there for Lamar. So you're going to have him in your lineup. Definitely. At number five, we have Kyler Murray. He had one of his best fantasy days days against Minnesota last week, threw for 326 yards, which was a season high. And it was his first three passing touchdown game this season. This is what we were expecting from Kyler Murray coming into the year. Yeah. It it was a lot closer to what we were expecting from Kyler from Kyler Murray coming into the year. I had higher expectations. You know, I've seen what he's done to start the past two seasons where he had multiple games over 30 points. He's just tearing it up on the ground and through the air, just going crazy. Obviously missing DeAndre Hopkins hurt him a little bit, and he's looked a lot better these past two games, you know, with DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup. And Rondell Moore is coming on too, so that's been helping him out a lot. I think that we're going to see more games like this moving forward. I don't think this game against Seattle is going to be like it was the last time they played. I think that was like two or three weeks ago. We had them pick um, Geno Smith and Kyler Murray, you know, pegged for big games, and it didn't really happen. It finished like 19 to 9. It was just weird. But um, both defenses showed up to play that day. I think we're going to see something a lot different from that this time around in Arizona. It's at home. So for Kyler Murray, I, I think it's going to be really good. DeAndre Hopkins is back in the lineup. Um, I think we're going to start to see, you know, some high end fantasy football Kyler Murray gameplay. I think we're going to see more of what we saw last week than what we saw the first few weeks. I, I like him at five this week. Um, you know, I think he's one of the safest options with one of one of the nicest ceilings given, you know, the floor they had. And imagine when Hollywood comes back. Oh yeah. Like I have Colin Murray in a couple leagues. And when Hollywood comes back, and if Hopkins stays healthy too, you might be looking at some serious upside in the fantasy playoffs. Oh yeah. That's just that's the hope mm-hmm. that that's what happens. So Holding out hope for Kyler Murray to have that ceiling at some point when the best, you know, <laughs> the best possible time he can potentially yeah. hit that ceiling. Obviously, last week was very encouraging from what we saw yes. the first few weeks. I remember I was I remember I said, uh, was it last week? I said, if Kyler Murray doesn't have a good day against the Vikings, you know, it's time to hit the panic button. Yeah. Luckily, the panic button has made its way to the edge of my desk. It's not <laughs> gone completely, but it was before it was right here front and center. You know, I could slap it just like that. Now it's just the side of my desk. Right to the edge. So I'm not worried about him right now. If he can have another good game, you know, panic button's gone. I'm ready for Kyler Murray to come back and have a good end to the fantasy season. I have Justin Fields as my sixth-ranked quarterback this week, ahead of Justin Herbert, ahead of Geno Smith, ahead of Joe Burrow. Two straight monster games from him in New England and in Dallas. Yeah. Two tough matchups, and he came through big time. 
top 12 quarterback each of the last four weeks. And now he goes up against Miami, a team who can put up points. Have They have given up the fourth most passing yards this year. They picked off quarterbacks only four times so far this year. And they've given up, they've given up the fifth most rushing yards to quarterback, mainly thanks to Lamar Jackson having a 100-yard game against them early this year. But Fields also has a new wide receiver in Chase Claypool. And I think he continues the ascension that we've seen from him over the past few games. I think this is the perfect spot to do it against a Dolphins team that is very offense-centered. You know, obviously they just picked up Bradley Chubb. So that makes us a little bit more concerning because, you know, we've seen Justin Fields struggle a little bit against a good pass rush. But he's kind of put that to rest. He's kind of quieted a little bit. Obviously, he still takes some sacks. And, you know, that's just how it's going to be against some good defenses in the Patriots and the Cowboys. But um, for the most part, you know, he got it done. And he's been able to produce despite, you know, being sacked a few times. The offense is looking like it's being catered towards him now. He's no longer being forced to fit into an offense that's just a run-heavy scheme. He's dropping back more. And we said that hasn't necessarily translated to more passing attempts, but it allows him opportunities to scramble too. It's just like a perfect storm. You know, obviously on the heels of his best game, he gets Chase Claypool, like you said. Now he's going back home. I I think that this is a really nice spot for him to, you know, kind of solidify himself here in the top 10, maybe even the top five. You know, I, I like Justin Fields, his upside more than Justin Herbert at this point. Because now Justin Herbert's missing a bunch of uh, weapons that he has. You know, obviously Mike Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are out. So, and he hasn't looked the same, like we said. So I think Justin Fields at six, it might seem a little bit aggressive, but I think that, you know, from a fantasy perspective, they might not be winning games, but he's getting it done for you each, each week because of his rushing floor, which is really nice. I think he has rushed touchdowns in two of the last three games. So it might be three. I don't know. I'm not sure, but the rushing upside's there. I like him a lot, much more so than Justin Herbert at this point. The battle of the Justins, you're yeah. going with Justin Fields. And okay. the funny thing is, I have both of them in one league, and I'm starting Justin Fields. So, oh, I love there that. you go, I love there you that. go. So I have the you know empirical data to back up my claim. I'm not just telling you guys to start Justin Fields, <laughs> and then I'm gonna turn around and start Justin Herbert. No, I'm starting Justin Fields this week. So yes, Justin Fields has scored in over the last two games. Yeah, uh, on the ground each of the last two games. I mentioned Justin Herbert at seven. Still fairly confident in him this week, despite not having his primary weapons. But it's Atlanta, and he can get it done. So I'm okay starting him this week. Tua at 10 against Chicago. Uh, solid play this week, given the weapons he has at his disposal. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins at 11 against Washington. He has an upgrade at tight end in TJ Hawkinson. We'll see how much he plays this week. Um, but either way, it's a solid matchup for him. Trevor Lawrence at 12. I like him this week. Uh, the Raiders have given up the most fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. I think he's a pretty solid play. Yeah, and, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence didn't have a very awesome day in London. You know, it was his first – was it his first time going over there or his second time going over there to London? So obviously it might be he, second. He, I think it was the second. Yeah, because they won – was it last year? Um, I forget who they beat. The Dolphins, funny enough. But, um, yeah, before last week where he had a bit of an abomination of a game, obviously against a good Denver defense, Past two weeks before that, you know, he was getting it done. I think he's good enough to the point where, you know, again, in a good matchup against the Raiders defense, the Raiders defense has just been torn apart this season. I, I think that he can get it done. You know, he still has his full complement of weapons. He's finding a connection with, you know, Evan Ingram of all people. Travis Etienne is going to be tearing it up, and that gives him, uh, you know, something to lean on when they have to – so he doesn't have to throw the ball downfield the whole time. You know, he just check it down and have Travis Etienne make plays. I think at this point there's enough weapons in the Jags offense and they're desperate enough that they'll be throwing a lot, you know, that this could end up being a good game. It could end up being a shootout. These are two really desperate teams with 
rough-ish defenses and, you know, enough playmakers on offense to make this interesting in terms of a scoring perspective. So I, I like Trevor Lawrence here. I think this is a good ranking for him. At 13, I have Aaron Rodgers against Detroit, followed by Marcus Mariota. Tom Brady all the way down at 15, unfortunately. How are you feeling about Brady against the Rams this week? Is this too low? Um, I don't think it's too low. I mean, when I look at this game, I'm like, my, how the mighty have fallen. Because this was, what, the divisional round game last year? Or was it the wild card? I forget what it was. But it was... I think it was divisional. Yeah. And that was a really good game. But it's like how these teams have come down to earth, you know, since then. It's not as exciting of a matchup for me on paper. And neither of these quarterbacks, you know, obviously we have Matthew Stafford here at 20, Tom Brady at 15. I don't think either of them are playing enough. Tom Brady's got too much going on off field. I think it's starting to affect his on-field play. Um, Even though he has pretty much his full complement of weapons now with Julio Jones back, um, you know, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, he's just not playing as well as he was. The offense isn't clicking the way that it was the past two seasons. I I don't think this is too low. I I think 15 is right about where I'd have him because he has next to no rushing upside. He doesn't really run the ball at all. And if he's not He's not throwing picks, but he's also not throwing touchdowns. It kind of just leaves him right in the middle. You know, he's throwing for lots of empty yards. And that's the way that yeah. he's been producing. I think that's what he's going to continue to do because, you know, neither of these teams are that good. I don't think this has um, shootout potential, but I don't think it's going to be a low-scoring affair. I think it could just be like, you know, a 250-yard one touchdown day for Tom Brady. And that's right where he would be if he doesn't throw any interceptions here in the, as a um, high QB2. Let me ask you a question. If you had to guess... How many games has Tom Brady thrown for over one touchdown this year? I'm going to go with two. One. He's that was thrown against for, the Chiefs. That was against the Chiefs. He threw for three touchdowns against the Chiefs. Every other game, he's thrown one touchdown, except against Carolina where he threw zero. Yeah. So so, so what you said, 250 yards right and a touchdown, that line's right up. Yeah, Pretty much. It, it, that's what it is it, with Tom Brady. It's like empty calories, you know. It's like he's doing all this. They're pushing the ball downfield, but they're not scoring. Like it, it makes no sense. I I wouldn't expect it from a Tom Brady offense, but at this point, you know, it's we can't say it's you know just a, a weird trend and it'll wear off at some point. I think now we're pretty much entrenched, and this is the way it's going to be moving forward unless something changes big time. Um, uh, maybe Tom Brady's mind clears up, you know, as this divorce settlement blows over but i, I don't think i don't think that's going to happen because the offense just isn't clicking mike evans is dropping deep bombs like this is just <laughs> it's unprecedented <laughs> territory you know what i'm saying and obviously yeah, we're still hanging yeah. on to that from two weeks ago but it's just not the same offense that it was i think this is where we're going to have tom brady um until further notice you know it sucks because this is what he came back for yeah you know and this is, you know, if he if he stayed, you know, like listen, I don't know what's going on with him and Giselle, but I'm assuming it's football. I'm assuming yeah. a lot of it is because he came back for this season, and like, was it worth it, right? Mm-hmm. But like, who knows? Who knows what else is going on, right? Like, it, it's like you know, as a married man myself with a couple of kids, it's just a sad situation, you know. Yeah. And like, you know, you just wish that, you know, things could be different, but you know, who knows, right? Everyone needs to make their individual decisions, and like, you, you never know what's going on there. Was right, Tom Brady? It just, you know, it, it, it's sad. Was Tom Brady re-signed to like an extension or anything? I think it was a two-year no. contract they signed with Tampa. Oh, was it? I think I think it was. I don't know. I don't know if he was re-signed, but maybe he looks to go on the move. You know, if he's not gonna get it done in Tampa, maybe he'll just go to another contender. We'll see. <laughs> Try to revive it that way. I, this, I think I think you're right. I think is, he did end up. Yeah, I think he did end up going uh, signing a two-year two-year fifty million dollar deal, and maybe he does retire after this year. Um, and ride off into the sunset single as fuck. 
Like that'd be hilarious. I, I don't know if he's gonna do that. You know, I, I think he's gonna look at the field and be like, "Well, if I'm here, I might as well stay for a little while." You know, it's not. I mean, he's not playing the same, but you know, he might have a little extra in the tank. You know, obviously at this point, he's a very old quarterback by any standard. But you know, it's Tom Brady, so you don't want to write him off completely. I think I wouldn't be surprised to see him turn around and go look around, see if he could get on another team for just one more year. Because at this point. This offensive production is just kind of showing shades of what New England's offense was doing when he was in his waning years there. So I, I think that maybe he turns around. Did somebody forget to tell him that the trade deadline was this week? You know, <laughs> you didn't demand a trade? I'm not sure. We'll see how it goes. But I, I think Tom Brady, you know, right now, this is where he's going to be the rest of the season. <laughs> All right, Zach. Uh, go ahead and take the rest of the quarterback rankings. I'll be right back. All right, cool. So Andy Dalton, we have at 16 followed by Taylor Heineke at 17, Derek Carr at 18, Jared Goff 19, and Matthew Stafford at 20. Andy Dalton has quietly been getting it done, and maybe not so quietly. Obviously, the Saints offense has been really uh, productive without James Winston in the lineup, which is weird to think because I wasn't thinking that Andy Dalton was going to be able to do this. But it's been not only better for the offense as a whole, but also Alvin Kamara. I think as long as Andy Dalton's starting and they're going up against a bad Baltimore defense, you know, I think they should be able to get things done and keep producing like they've been the past few weeks. I'm not worried about Andy Dalton at all. Surprisingly, um, I, I might even put Andy Dalton over Tom Brady this week just because, I mean, we're just looking at the rankings here. I might put Andy Dalton over Tom Brady because of the way he's been playing has been much more fantasy conducive than the way Tom Brady's been playing. I'll take the guy that has a chance to throw two or three touchdowns, maybe 200, 240 yards, than Tom Brady, who has, like I said, 250 for one touchdown. We'll welcome back Faraz. He's kind of here. I'm not sure if he's going to jump on, but he'll be in here shortly. Taylor Heineke at 17. I mean, he, he's looking he's looking like what the commanders need right now. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's not a bad quarterback, and that's why he always seems to come in. You know, as soon as Washington has lost all hope, he comes in and he wins a few games. People question why hasn't he been starting the whole time? And then he has a bad game, and you remember why he wasn't starting the whole time. We said about this, I think, a week or two ago when he first got the job. But he's looked good. You know, he's been like, you know, a dollar store fancy quarterback with a little bit of rushing upside. Uh, he should be able to get it done for you this week. I think that he'll be able to set set you up nicely, especially if you're hurting because of buys this week. You know, you, may, you might maybe have Dak. Maybe you have another guy that's on buy. You, you should be able to get by with Taylor Heineke at this point. No, he's a solid streamer. At home against Minnesota, he he's been using his weapons like pretty nicely. Like he's been using his running backs out of the backfield too. Yeah, right. So like you know, one, one thing to keep in mind too, like with, you know, we're gonna talk about Antonio Gibson later. JD McKissick, a little bit banged up right now, something to keep an eye on. But yeah. you know, Gibson has been looking good for him in the in the receiving game lately. So he has another weapon that he's been using. You know, in addition to Curtis Samuel and uh, you know his boy, Terry McLaurin, who's been killing it. Lately, yeah. you know, Since with Taylor Heineke's come back, with, yeah, with, with the new quarterback, that, that might have been uh, all you needed. You know, obviously Carson Wentz wasn't happy throwing to him, so if Taylor Heineke's going to throw to him, you know, they paid him all that money, might as well make the most of him. One hundred percent. All right, uh, let's see. At eighteen, we have Derek Carr at Jacksonville. He's really disappointed over the last two weeks coming out the bye. Um, he couldn't yeah, get really. anything going against the Saints, which is a very, very it was a beatable matchup, man. Especially without Marshawn Lattimore, like. Mm-hmm. Like we like we mentioned, Derek Carr, when one, when we need him to come through in a good matchup, he ain't gonna come through. So I have no. him at eighteen here. He's probably gonna finish at like the quarterback nine this week, most likely. Yeah. 
that, that's how it goes. We talked about that yesterday. If we rank him high, he'll he'll finish low. If we rank him low, he'll finish relatively high. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Jared Goff at 19 in a tough matchup against Green Bay, followed by Stafford at number 20. 